Welcome to the Byron and Pace podcast. You've tuned in to Sandstone Stories. Take a seat and they'll be with you shortly. God, it feels like forever. It feels like forever. It really does. We got Elle on the decks, a new intern, sort of. Layla. Slash friends. Say slash hi, member. Layla. Hello. And say hi, Elle. Oh, hey. Nice. For those, um, I think we said um, Jordan's had to take a bit of a step away due yep. to some family issues. So we wish all the best. But, man, she was getting a lot of uh, a lot of people saying, Jordan's crushing it. She only yeah. said, she must have said, what? Six sentences in total, <laughs> but in those six sentences, she provided a lot of value. I think to it's the just the uh, the contrast to us, like yes. anything but us, she's is also generally very, a win for the audience. She's also very intelligent, unlike us as well. True, so that adds a lot. So uh, you know, you guys have got big big shoes to fill, big boots to fill, indeed. But Although look, it's good to have L back because last good. episode oh we were struggling, God, what a, what big a time. It wasn't just the lack of L; it was just everything yeah. that added that on top of it was just like. Yeah. I'm the life of this podcast. But it's like Absolutely. it's hard to get into the it's hard to get into the energy when you're like setting up the studio and you're and it's just me looking at the you. shots and it's just like oh we're just getting through it like yeah. we got the live show coming up like that was such an what we're trying episode. to say is we're sorry about the last episode yes. and this episode is going to be an absolute barnstorm way, way better but we are riding off the high of the Byron Pace live show yep. last Cheers. week. Cheers! Shout out to anyone who came down, which was awesome, great fun, very stressful day for both of us, but, but we managed to push through. And a through. good sign of things to come. Like we we're confident about moving that show across yeah. the the country and then across the world. And we're also confident about um, making a non-18 plus version of the Ooh. show. We had a lot of people reaching out like, hey, do we have to be 18 plus? And for that one you did, but we're looking at doing like a yeah. an underage one as well, which would just be pretty much the same show without alcohol. Coming to a school near you. Yeah. So big things to come, but we got, you know, stories of some Am I the Arseholes as usual. Yep. Pace, would you like to go first? I would like L to hit the jingle. We're back with Fact or Cap, ladies and gentlemen. And I would like to go first with... <laughs> I was going to say drum roll, but Talia is not here. It's not the live show. Um, did you know you can 3D print a nose and grow it on your arm? Okay. So in 2013, a woman from Toulouse in France lost part of her nose, a huge part of her nose, um, after having nasal cavity cancer. Right. right. There were several attempts to fix the situation, but she was living without a nose for years, basically, until a custom nose was made from 3D printed biomaterial in place of cartilage. The organ was sewn onto her and grew for two months. Then it was surgically transplanted onto her face. They took a skin graft then from her temple to cover the nose. And she's fine now. She has a new nose. This sounds totally believable. I mean, 3D printing, could he do that in a heartbeat? Yep. Also, I don't even remember like way, way back. I did a story of a guy who grew a penis on his arm as well. That was no, that was his penis that was cut off and they put it on his arm. Didn't they put it on his arm to like save it? Yeah. So there's something in the arm. There's something going on in the arm when but it comes to like growth. I think it's because there's veins like- Yeah, like nerves and like um, blood flow. Easy access. But this is like a completely new organ grown and then put onto the body, which is incredible. So how are they printing it if it's not grown yet? Because it was printed from a biomaterial in place of cartilage. Wow. Because cart- the nose is like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not flesh or bone. Yeah, it's yeah. like this other thing. I'll say yes. Yep. Yep. It is 100% true. <sighs> nice. There you go. A little bit worried there. There you go. A little bit worried there. We did forget to also crack open the- oh. uh, Shout out to our um, the doctors out there and nurses. You know, keep keep innovating. 
by the time we're old, hopefully we can regrow everything. Oh, I'm fully expected to live forever. <laughs> like I've just assumed that by the time I hit a certain age, we'll be living in like full virtual reality and we won't even be able to differentiate the difference. Well, I'll see you in uh, virtual reality. Unless nice. I get, you know, knocked off early. True. Yeah, I'll see if I can arrange that. Mm. All right, here's one. Yep. Have you heard about the man who died 37 times? Nice. So Wait, what? A soldier in the 82nd Airborne Division of the US Army in 1964. During a classified operation where he was disguised as the enemy, he stepped on a landmine. Dressed as the enemy, stranded in foreign land, he had no hope of rescue from the Americans. Mm -hmm. Luckily, a US Marine squad had identified him and were able to rescue him from the jungle. Rushed from Vietnam to an American hospital, the doctors told him due to his severe spinal injuries, he would never walk again. However, he was determined and every night he would crawl out of bed and force his body to stand up. After six months of hard work, he was able to rejoin the army. However, he had to train every day harder than anyone else just to prove that he wasn't a liability. Only four months after he'd returned to South Vietnam, on his day off, he received help from a 12-man team who had been ambushed. All he could hear was the line, like the, the sound of gunshots. Within moments, three helicopters landed in their base, riddled with bullet holes. They were supposed to be rescuing that 12-man team, but they were also attacked. Roy, the man, volunteered to rescue the 12-man, but in a state of panic, he forgot what weapons he had and was only equipped with a knife and medical supplies. He ran in determined and was shot in the face, the back of the head and the leg, but kept running, even when they threw grenades that struck his back. He found the site with four men already dead. He crawled through and dragged his comrades out one by one into a safer area. Once the men were being pulled onto the helicopter, he went back for the dead, realizing one of his best friends, Leroy, pausing for a moment over his friend, he was shot again in the stomach and was struck by another grenade. <laughs> he turned back, realizing it was suicide to rescue the dead, and found the rescue helicopter on fire. He dragged people out of the fire, using a gun to keep the enemy at bay. Blinded by the blood streaming down his face, he could only use his hearing to get them away. When all hope was lost, finally an aircraft arrived, taking them back to safety. When the doctors attended to him, he had severe injuries and 37 significant bullet holes in his body. No he had no way. pulse or heartbeat and was named dead. As a doctor put him into a body bag, Roy spat in his face. <laughs> After several extensive surgeries, he survived and received a Medal of Honor in 1981. Just one Medal of Honor? One Medal of Honor. Surely you get one for every like, like fatal bullet yeah, wound. Yeah. And every man saved. Um, I don't know about this, Byron. Getting shot 37 times, including in the face and the back of the head and pelted with grenades. So, <laughs> it's quite detailed. I would like... It feels like it's true just because it's so detailed. Right. But I don't believe that the body is capable of, of surviving bullets. that. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. It is actually completely true. Elle found this one, didn't you? God damn it. Elle found it based off a comment suggestion in one of our videos. God damn it. Um, I mean, I guess it's true as far as we know. But it is also like, I think people underestimate how like bullets don't do that much damage unless it's like a vital point. Like most people can keep going after, a, a, unless it's like the heart or the head or something. Yeah, like, but like that's why you usually shoot people multiple times. But, but in the movies, it's like bang. Like the, the main character shoots him with a pistol. It's like bang, dead, 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 dead. But like, what about the exit wounds and stuff like that? And and you get shot in the head. Well, the, yeah, the head's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not much like you can't like slip through no, the no, brain this, and this is dodge insane. everything. This is insane. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how he survived. I don't know. But also, like the blood loss. How is he saving people? I don't know. I don't know. What was his name? Uh, Roy Bendevez, Ben Benavides, Benavides. I don't know. Something shout like out, that. shout out to Roy. Yeah, big shout out to Roy. There huge, you go. Huge effort. Well, he yeah. could have. Do you reckon he did? Remember that story we did, the toughest man alive. 
Oh, for sure. No, nah, but the, that guy only got like stabbed and then. Oh, the one he received is why. Yeah. The, yeah, true. Yeah, they yeah. definitely outplayed him. As yeah. if there's not a movie about this guy. Yeah, I know. It Surely. probably is. Mm. Americans would love that sort of propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> like a one man. Shout hero. out to our American audience. Especially if they can be like, this is based on a true story. Um, okay. Carrying on the theme of um, body parts. How about a, um, I don't know. Slightly amusing. Bit, bit softer, bit softer. All right. Did you know they found plaster casts of the erect penises of the members of the Beatles? What? Beatles. The Beatles. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> Cynthia Plastercaster was an American visual artist and self-described recovering groupie who once convinced three quarters of the members of the Beatles, apart from John, to model their erect schlongs to create her plaster casts. During their first US tour in 1964 in Chicago, Cynthia approached Ringo and Paul after sneaking backstage posing as a cleaner. She, had, she was studying art at the University of Illinois and were given an assignment to plaster cast something solid that could retain its shape. After hearing her proposal, the boys found the concept of casting both humorous and creative and managed to convince George Harrison to take part as well, but John was having none of it. Anyway, in a weird twist of legalities, the casts were actually stolen by the lawyer of Frank Zappa, who was holding them for safekeeping, but he recently died and they were un- he recently died and they were uncovered in his estate and he had no family to inherit them. God, this is a this is such a brutal story. It sounds like <laughs> something that could like what about this? And then like, this sounds like an idea that could be like easily extrapolated. Made, extrapolated. Right. Like you're having some drinks. So it's like, imagine if you could get a cast and you go, who's someone famous? The Beatles. So it could be bullshit, but it's also just so random. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with my gut, which tells me true, but I'm just going to go with bullshit. You're going to go with bullshit. I'm going to go with bullshit. This story is bullshit. Yes. But do you want to know the real story? Sure. Okay. Me. So Cynthia is real. She did change her name to Cynthia Plastercaster. And she did make plaster casts of erect penises, including Jimi Hendrix, The Kinks, and Journey. Uh, she eventually <laughs> collected 50 stiffies and then moved on to molding breasts. Um, <laughs> shortly before her death, she donated the 1968 cast of Jimi Hendrix's erect penis to the Icelandic Philological Museum. So it's almost all true except for the Beatles part. Almost. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There you go. But there you go. I, I find it amazing that her job was to like, you can make a job out of get anything. people an erection and yeah. then mold their penis. How do you reckon she got the erection? <laughs> I don't know. You know, out of ways. Get, use yeah. your creativity. I so how long do you have to hold it there? Um, like a while, I'd think. Long enough to get the 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 cast around it, I think. And then, then the idea to... is that it goes, it loses its rigidity, and then <laughs> um, comes out of the cast. So it's like right. the perfect thing to mold. There you go. Yeah. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Wow. I mean, kind of a bit creepy, but I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it was the art. 60s. It, it's art, you know. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with art. True enough. Um, all right. I got no link. <laughs> can I get the news one, please? Ooh. Okay. 
You will not believe how much money Qatar has spent on the World Cup. Okay, all right. So due to the average temperature being 35 degrees, they've had to build seven brand new stadiums with built-in air conditioning, spending $500 million a week on aircon and road construction alone. They've built an entire new city full of hotels and they just built a whole driverless metro system as well to keep the city going. On top of this, they spent $880 million to win the bid and are paying David Beckham $200 million to be an ambassador and promote the event over the next 10 years. This is all part of a new vision Qatar has for nat- uh, Qatar National has for 2030. Mm. They are expecting 1 million to 1.5 million fans to attend the World Cup. Now, no way. keep in mind, no. the entire population of Qatar is only 2.9 million people. Yeah. So you're looking at almost half the population, like what? half tourists taking up the population. Just for one month. For one month. The total cost of the World Cup is estimated to be around $220 billion. To put this into perspective, Russia spent 14 billion, Brazil spent 11 billion, yeah. and before that, South Africa spent 3.6 billion for the World Cup. Yet they're spending wow. 220 billion. Since construction started in 2010, over 6,500 workers have died. And putting a massive stain on this World Cup, as many people are questioning the ethics and human rights issues yeah. surrounding it all. So it's it's gonna be an interesting month for sure. Yeah, I know there's a lot of a lot of that sounds like it could be true. The numbers are incredible. 200 billion. 220. Some seems, are saying as much as 300. Seems absurd. Um, I know that thousands of people have died. Basically, they're spending more money on this World Cup than like every other World Cup combined. Right. Or like at least it'll pass like 10. So sad. The caveat is a lot of it isn't for the World Cup. It's like they want to build this anyway. They're kind of just using yeah, the World Cup. what? How are they it's housing like, 1.9 million people? They've built a whole new city, dude. And then they're going to go. They're, they're going to leave. What city. happens after the World Cup? Well, they're hoping it's going to drive so much traffic, I think, to the country. The same way the Olympics in Sydney, like, put a spotlight on Australia and suddenly tourism just skyrocketed. Yeah. I think that's a logic, but I think it's a bit of a different situation as well. I don't know. I mean, I think it's true. I think it's, yeah, obviously this World Cup is very difficult to, like, get excited about in, in, in one way because yeah. of all of that. But- you know, it has to happen somewhere. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Insane. Oh. I mean, yeah, that's stupid. That's so much. Is it false? So like 200 and- 200 billion. Billion. And then US all the other well. World Cups have just been like 10 billion yeah. or something. Yeah. I know nothing about the World Cup. How long <laughs> How long ago was the last one? They're four years. Every four every years. Every four years, that's, yeah. It's soccer, right? Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say fact, but I think it's ridiculous. Like I was going to say something about inflation, like, but four no, years isn't long much. enough no. to be that much. No. So bullshit. I bullshit. get like building a whole city costs a lot of money, but. Okay. The metro station alone has cost like 36 billion. Yeah. It's an autopilot. And they're building it all in the desert. And yeah. It's like 40 degrees. Yeah. And people are just dropping like flies. Yeah. Do they have know. any yeah. other like tourist attractions other than they're spending 200 million on this city? Billion. Billion, that's what I meant. Just resorts, really? I guess. Yeah. I mean, like there's nothing cool there. They're trying, that's why they're trying to like <laughs> use the World Cup to like drive, like, hey, the whole world's gonna be looking at us for a month. Look how amazing yeah. we are. As everyone arrives, we've got the infrastructure built for them. I think that's the logic. Yeah. All I think right. they underestimate how much people don't wanna go there based off what we've heard though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't wanna visit there because they're basically, they've been using, I don't think it's slave labor, but they've been paying people it's like the modern piss day all. equivalent. And yeah. they confiscate your passports until what they do is you you migrate to Qatar as a worker and you, you get 
you uh, acquire debt because they pay for like your flights and your like visa and all the rest of it. Then you have to work that debt off. And until you have, they confiscate your visa. Right. So you can't leave. Right. So it's essentially slave labor. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of- Indentured servitude. Yeah. No, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, I reckon it's true. It's true. It is completely true. Yeah. It is completely true. The, the crazy thing is as well, Qatar has the highest GDP- but they don't have very, very rich people, yeah. which means they just have like a ridiculous amount of people who are like billionaires. They have because, a huge royal family. Yeah. That's just like yeah. absurdly rich. And then yeah. everyone else is- well, Look at the money they're spending. Yeah. They're, they've spent, I think, 18 billion a year for the last decade preparing for the World Cup. Yeah. It's like, it's like I think it's something like 20% of their whole like income. And everyone involved in uh, awarding Qatar the World Cup in, from FIFA has been sacked and, and like is under investigation for like fraud. Yeah. It's super, super gnarly. So anyway, can't wait to see the document, the Netflix documentary about it. Yeah, <laughs> true. Oh. Um, okay, I got one more. As do I. News. Once again. Oi. Did you know there was an island in Fiji where they used cocaine as washing powder? So, in 2018, an international drug deal went bad when a shipment of 120 kilos was submerged under the ocean and it broke loose during a storm. They tied it up in a huge net and, like, they had, like, a transponder to, like, so, like, a, a tracking transponder attached to this huge net of cocaine under the water so someone could come and, like, find it and then take it to Australia. Um, the contents, 120 kilo bricks of coke with a bull's head logo washed up on the shores of Fiji and locals began using it as washing powder, sugar and baking powder until they realized it was cocaine. Nearly the entire island was addicted to it, including children. No way. Yeah. I reckon this is bullshit. It just sounds, this sounds crazy. I think, um, why would you use it? Wait, you said washing powder and... They were like, they didn't know what it is. They, they were like trying to use it as baking powder, washing powder, and it wouldn't, um, like it wouldn't zhuzh. It wouldn't foam up. Oh, so they were experimenting. Yeah. And then Surely by the time they realized what it was... You wouldn't ingest it though if you didn't know what it was. Well, I don't, I mean, this is, this is the story. Uh, uh, kid, no. Kids were opening it up and just, and like they thought it was sugar and shit like that. No, nah, I reckon it's bullshit. What are you guys saying? Yeah, bullshit. You can tell something's not sugar by tasting it. Not that I've ever tasted cocaine, but I'm just saying it wouldn't taste like sugar. Did you say that they'd never seen cocaine before? I, that would be my assumption, yeah. is that it was an island. Because if they'd would. never know what it is, then it's well, just yeah. a white Sorry. powder. They probably have sugar, it's so not they know. Fiji? Yeah. But some ran, like a small like little island of yeah. Fiji oh, or okay. actual Fiji. Yeah, it's like the Fiji, Polynesian, like Micronesia, that Pacific Islander region. When was this? What dates? 2018. Oh, no way. Nah, get out of town. There's no way. Bullshit. Was it like, a, unless it was like a tiny island of like a really small population, but it was like Fiji. Like we but, could go visit that island. But also, There's multiple, Fiji isn't one island. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm, that's why so I'm many asking. Islands. Was it a little one or was it like the main one? It was one? a small island, yeah. Okay. But also when I I'm saying, say I feel like it's some random powders washed up on the street. They're like, oh, kids, like have some, no way. Yeah. Yeah, but- if Like they're going to experiment. Up, there aren't parents there all the time. Kids are finding it just like washed up. All right, give us, give us a result. I'm going cat. I'm going cat. Bullshit. Cow. This story is true. Oh. No, no, there's no way. Story is true. Story is true. No, what are they like disconnected from society? No internet or something? Story is true. I've read multiple articles. You can Google it. So I'm wow. in the Guardian. Damn. It's in oh, fucking man. The Economist, whatever oh, it is. That would have been a great story yeah. for the live show. Ooh. That would have been a great story for the live oh, show. There you go. I only found it this morning. Yeah. Fuck, that would have ripped it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this next story. Little trigger warning for uh, suicide. Okay. But it's not that bad as well. 
Like, it's, it's we'll let the audience story. decide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to skip, like, it'll be two, three minutes. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. Um, this is the, uh, oh, so we'll go like a curious one, like mystery. This is Ooh. the unsolved mystery of the haunted lighthouse. So back in 1892, there was a lighthouse off the east coast of Ireland on a very small island country, Wexix, Wexford. There would always be three lighthouse keepers rotating in and out, depending on- Say that again. Doing. Island off the coast of County West. Yeah. Okay. An island in County Wexford. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they help people like go through the English Channel. Yep. There was never any issues until one night on November 30th when all three lighthouse keepers were supposed to return to the mainland and they didn't. Their families got worried and contacted the authorities. They investigated the lighthouse, but there was no one there. As they were making their way back down the hill, one of the men noticed a person lying on the rocks just a few hundred meters from the dock. They immediately ran down to, to see the youngest of the three lightkeepers, 21-year-old Patrick O'Callaghan, lying unconscious. They picked him up and rushed him back to the mainland where he was treated for severe bruising, broken ribs, concussion, and dehydration. The police then sent out a search party for the other two men, but after weeks of searching, they were never found. Luckily, Patrick was recovering well. Police decided to try and find out exactly what happened to the other two lightkeepers. However, when they asked about the lighthouse, his speech would slur and he would start to have panic attacks. What? Eventually, after not being able to get any answers from Patrick, he was checked out of hospital and sent home to further <laughs> recover. But after 11 days of leaving hospital, Patrick's family found him hanging from a roof, support in a nearby shed with a note below him reading, I'm so sorry, but it's going to come back and finish me. To this day, nobody knows what happened on the island or what happened to the other two men. There was never anything suspicious found at the lighthouse and the seas were calm for the first time that year. The lighthouse was abandoned just six months after the, tra the tragedy and has since become illegal to visit the island. Huh? Why are they making it illegal? Because people like went missing there. So it was like a whole, it was a tiny island, like a, like no one lived there. It was just like you a lighthouse. Said, speaking island. of tiny islands. Oh, true. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Seems like a weird one to make up. Sounds true. I mean, it sounds like a true ghost story. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not saying the ghost part is true. Yeah. But is, is the story of the missing people true? And that's suicide and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds weird that when he tried to talk about them, his speech would go slurry mm. and all the rest of it. Um, but I reckon it's true. Yeah. What do you guys true. think? Yeah, I think true. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's actually completely bullshit. Oh. Terrible. Beautiful. Shocking Got us story. all. This is a bullshit. <laughs> Well, Suddenly, is, now that it's made up, that? it's bullshit. It's an awful story. Yeah, See, I thought it was already... bullshit all along. Oh, but sure. it's like, what even is that? Well, why don't you tell Paddy Colligan, who sent this in as a submission, your dog? You mean Callahan? No, Colgan. Colgan. Yeah, Paddy Colgan. Okay, that was one of the names where you were like Callaghan. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Thought I'd give it a whirl. Look, Paddy, it's people, nothing people, personal against you. I thought I was attacking Byron. However, people love a little ghost mystery, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like mind blowing. There were cool elements in the story. I like the slurring when he's talking about the other people. And the panic attack. That's cool. But I don't understand how this could be like a fact or cap because, like, it's a ghost story. Right. So it's like, there's, you know. It you could be a fact if the whole thing happens. Like, if the lighthouse m members went missing and he hung himself and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty interesting story. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you. Something so traumatic happened that he decided to just take it. Well, you got me. We got, he got you good. Yeah. Yep. He got you good. But uh, <laughs> let's roll that ad break, please, El. Welcome back to the Baron Case Show. Welcome home. Welcome home. I didn't even know if we welcomed people into our house. We didn't. We didn't. That's Sorry, guys. Disappointing. But That's we got on me. Am I the asshole? New segment. Love this. Segment's going strong. Always, uh, you know, has a bit of a discussion going on. Mm. We did some live Am I the Assholes at the live show. Oh, 
I mean, the last one we did at the live show was a bit of a flop, but yeah, it was a bit of a flop. It was it was cool to uh, to experience that in the flesh. It was fun. Um, who wants to go first? I want to go first. All right, me. So <laughs> this is a good one. Am I the asshole? I identify as submissive and my BDSM identity is very important to me. My sister's getting married soon and I'm a bridesmaid. She wants me to remove my collar for the wedding and the photos, but my collar is a sign of me committing to my master. It's like asking her to take off her wedding ring. She says it's creepy and she doesn't want to be reminded of my weird sex life on her wedding day. I was really insulted and told her I won't remove it. Oh man, this is a good one. I think my immediate, <laughs> like, it's always hard because like you don't know, mm. like you don't want to judge people's things, but also it's like, if it's a wedding day, can you just do it for one day? Yeah. It's not like, about it, you. It's just one day. It's not your thing. Like yeah. I get it. You don't want to do it, but it's like, yeah, you don't always get what you want. Like, sure. It's not your day. Um, especially if you've got like five, you know, the, the, what, the, the bride there and like six bridemaids yeah. and they're all wearing the same thing and there's a fucking choker collar with spikes on it or whatever. Yeah. Especially if there's going to be like kids at the wedding. Yeah. Oh, just, mom, why is she wearing that? It just, yeah. Question, <laughs> questions will keep coming up. <laughs> questions will keep coming up. Um, I would say she's the asshole for like, it's just one day. Right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, there is an argument to say that like, it's your sexuality and, and all the rest of it. And like, you should be able to express yourself. However, but I can, I, for one day, it's not about you. But also it's like, it would be like me to ask you to take your wedding ring off. Okay. I'll take it off for a day. Sure. Yeah. Right. If that's the analogy you want to use, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take if, it off. At, your, at the furry convention or the BDSM yeah, convention, yeah, yeah. I'll take it off. Yeah, you know, sure. If, yeah. <laughs> at, you know what? I reckon um, she's the asshole. I reckon I am the asshole in that situation. Yes, right. Because right. I won't take off daddy's collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Do you concur? I concur. I, if anything, the bride could have asked a bit nicer if it's something she's super sensitive about. But, right. yeah. but sure. we don't know. This is coming from the yeah. her perspective. So it's yeah. always going to be probably a little exactly. bit more aggressive. There you right. go. Take the colors one. off. Jeez, how do you find such short ones? All right. Am I the asshole? I lied to the people who I was babysitting for them to come and pick me up early. Ooh, okay. So I'm 15 years old and I babysit to make money. I took a first aid course and a babysitting course. Last weekend, one of my little sister's classmates' parents had a wedding to go to and asked if I would babysit. I asked how late they would need me and if I should pack an overnight bag if they were going to be staying out all night. Yep. They said they would not need; they would be home by midnight. So I checked my, with my dad if that was okay because he is my ride and he'd be picking me up. Yep. So my dad was there to pick me up at 11.50. The kids were asleep and I was watching TV. I texted them at 11 o'clock to double check they would be home in time. The mum texted me back saying yes. 12.30, they still aren't there. I text again, no answer. I call my dad and he's pissed. He's not mad at me. It's one o'clock. Yep. I call them, no answer. My dad went to get a coffee and he went back home. Then he came back. He's very calm, which means he's ready to blow. <laughs> I texted every 15 minutes, no response. It's yep. now 2.20 a.m. I have an idea. I text them that someone has tried to break into their garage, but the alarm has scared them away. They were home drunk in an Uber 15 minutes later. My dad made them pay for my extra time before we left. He told me that I'm not allowed to babysit for them unless I charge them for an overnight stay. Yesterday at school, I saw the mum when I was picking up my sisters after school. Mm -hmm. She gave me shit for scaring her and her husband. They had checked the security cameras and no one had tried to break in. I'm so sorry the alarm went off. Uh, I said, I'm sorry the alarm went off and I called you. She called me a liar, which is fair, um, but I don't feel bad about what I did. They lied to me first. My mum says I should have sucked it up and my dad says they broke our deal. I kind of feel bad but am I the asshole? No, absolutely not. They're the asshole. They are getting drunk and ignoring you, knowing that you they had agreed that midnight was, they just didn't want to come home. Mm. 
Fuck them. Well, I mean, that does make them an asshole, but does she also become an asshole no. by lying about Not a break? No, get creative with it. Yeah, Good on do what you got to do. <laughs> Fucking, you can have results or excuses, Byron. You can have excuses or results. Yeah, exactly. You can't exactly. What do you think? Yeah, they're the assholes, 100%. I mean, she's 15, right? Yes. Like that's, that's she totally doesn't take responsibility for that totally kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially yeah. when it's like, she's not old enough to drive. And so like her dad's waiting. 100%. Like that would piss yeah. me off so much if I was a dad. Yeah. So. I, if they after twelve after midnight, if they weren't responding, I would just be like, "All right, kids, we're going to sleep at my house." And just they should have just taken the kids home with her to to well, their they, place. They should have just said, "Hey, we've gone over time. Can you just sleep and we'll yeah, pay?" Yeah, they're the adults in this situation. I, yeah. I babysit for a job as well, and I'm an adult. If I wouldn't deal with that, let alone yeah. a fifteen year old. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Even yeah. though she lied, she's ultimately she's fifteen and just Creative. wanted Love and it. just wanted to get home. Yeah. yeah. I, although I think they could have solved this problem by just getting the dad to go to where the parents were and be like, you guys are fuckwits. I'm taking you home. Let's go. Mm. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's, that's a hard thing done. to do. Yeah, well. Big ask. All right, what you got? Whew. I, I got a, a big old bladder and I need to pee. So let's, um, let's wrap this up. I have uh, an am I the asshole though? <laughs> um, okay. Am I the asshole? I'm on a Tinder date with a guy in a restaurant. And before we sit down, he says he believes we should split the bill on a first date, right? I'm not someone who thinks the guy should always pay, so I say, okay. We sit down and I order a salad and a house white. He gets the most expensive steak and a cocktail. So I have a few mouthfuls of the salad, excuse myself to go to the bathroom, and then bail, leaving him with the bill. He's tried calling and texting me, but I've blocked his number. Who's the asshole? Wait. Yeah, I'm also confused. I'm confused. Okay, I'll read it again. Let's just start, start again. Am I the asshole? I'm on a Tinder date with a guy in a restaurant. Yes. And before we sit down, he believes... And before we sit down, he says he believes we should split the bill on a first date. Right. Right? I say, okay, I'm not someone who thinks the guy should pay anyway. Okay. Uh, we sit down. I order a salad and a glass of house white. He oh. gets the most expensive steak and a cocktail. So I have a few mouthfuls of the salad. I excuse myself, say I've got to go to the bathroom, but then I bail, leaving him with the bill. Oh, my God. He's tried calling and texting me, but now I've blocked his number. Oh Who's the asshole? God. Okay, he's, i got a pretty strong opinion on this. I, first okay. of all, I think they're both kind of assholes. But when he says split the bill, does he mean like he pays for his own and she pays for her own, or does he mean 50-50? Yeah, that's what I was confused about. Too. But I think ultimately I think she's an asshole for bailing and ghosting like that's such a shit thing to do yeah. despite the situation like fucking suck it up and be like hey you know you don't have to just like the fact that she even can't comprehend that she's not the arsehole in the situation yeah um i do think if he wanted to split 50 50 and he orders all this expensive stuff that makes him an arsehole but we don't know the details of that right what do you think I don't think I just don't think there's any reason to ever like bail and then ghost unless you think you're in like physical danger or something yeah i mean Let's let's assume for argument's sake that splitting the bill is 50-50, right? And then you're with someone and they order like, because yeah. you can order a salad, it's like $20 and mm. then the steak's going to be like $40, yeah. $30, $38. Cocktail, again, like $25. Like I've been in the situations where I've been on dates and I've been like poor as fuck. And um, I'm like stressing about money the whole time. And it's like, you know, I think it's really unfair to put someone else in that situation. You don't know their financial situation it's really insensitive to assume that they can afford whatever and they're just choosing the cheaper option yeah. just because that's what they want. Like I suspect I think he people just, are in general very, people who have money are very, very unaware of the issues that people who don't have money face because they've never really had to 
deal yeah. with it. So I like, think he probably just meant paying for his own though. Like when he says split the, split the bill, like I'll pay for mine, you pay for yours. That's probably what he meant, I would assume. Yeah. It's, it's hard to me. It's hard to know because we don't know the exact situation. Sure. I would still say she outtrumps him from an asshole perspective. Okay. Like I've never had that happen, but I can't imagine how awful you would feel if someone just like went to the toilet and bailed and then you try to text them and they've blocked you. Like right. I can't even imagine that. That's traumatic. That's genuinely traumatic. Right. Like Take you, reference. every day you go on, like every time they go to the bathroom, your heart's going to be like, right. are they going to leave me? Like that's genuinely a traumatic incident she just did. And she's like, am I the arsehole? Cause like, yeah, <laughs> that's, yep. that's a strong argument. I agree. A hundred percent agree. And also like, if, if you don't agree with it, just like be mature and be like, Hey, look, I'm not enjoying this right, date. Here's, here's money for mine. Yeah, no. uh, Good luck with everything. Or Sorry, mate. End the like, date. And then even if you, Block him after ending the date. That's sure. still a shit thing it to ends do. Ends the but date like, though. Yeah. Or just say, hey, like I've got to go. Or just I don't know anything, but just bailing and then blocking. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. She's the asshole. There you go. She's the asshole. All right. I'll take it home. Okay. Am I the asshole for letting my mother have a copy of the key to our new home despite my wife's objection? Now I should say <laughs> this split a nation in the Reddit comments. Right. Okay. So let's this because it's not the most exciting story, but it's split. sure. Yeah, 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 it's nuanced. So when my parents threw a party for us this happy occasion, Mum asked for a copy of the key in case of an emergency. I let her have it with, and that made my wife upset. She didn't say anything at the time, but she waited till we were alone and started arguing with me, saying I shouldn't have let my mother have a copy of the new key. I said why, since my mother is known to respect privacy and she's a very trusted member in the family. She said that she does not feel comfortable with the idea of someone else who's not a resident to have a copy of the key. She also brought up how my mother didn't pay a penny towards the house, so this should disqualify her from getting the key. I said it was not a big deal, but she kept persisting saying I need to take the key back. Quite frankly, this had me fuming. I pointed out that I'm the one who bought the house and it's my decision to decide who gets to have a copy of the key. End of story. She screamed at me saying that technically she did contribute towards the house savings back when she used to pay for our rent and daily expenses while I save money. I told her that she was acting as if um, I put my mum's name on the title, which is ridiculous, but she said I have no respect for opinions and kept undermining her input. We've been going back and forth on it since then. She's now letting me know that if I don't take the key back, she'll do it herself. I think she's being irrational and unreasonable, acting like handing over a copy that is the house key gives her the option to the house. This decision I made could save us in a case of an emergency, but she kept downplaying it. Okay, all right. I understand how this divides a nation. But- I think, um, okay, so her argument that like, just because you had the income at the time when we bought a house doesn't outweigh the fact that I had the income when you were saving or whatever, like that's totally legitimate. I mean, that's that's a nightmare scenario for her. If you were paying for the expenses and you were paying for the rent and now he's be able to bought his own house, which you have no entitlement to. Yeah, exactly. That's a bit of a nightmare. Totally. So like that needs to be acknowledged. Is it okay for a mum to have a key? Who, who, like, okay, I understand some people's parents or whatever are like super invasive or intrusive, but by all accounts, this mother is like respectful yeah, yeah. and whatever. I think she needs to just be yeah. okay with that. You, like, when you're with someone, you have to basically adopt their family as your own, especially if you're married. Like, I think, um, Oh, the mom having a key doesn't bother me at all. I think it's great. That's totally, totally fine. I think she's more got tension probably because she paid for the expenses. And now he owns a house, which she feels like she partly paid for, but she has no like. Yeah, I think she legitimately do, did partly pay for that house. Because well, no, not legally, like not, not on no, any no, paper. But, but yeah, morally, yeah. Um, but I think she, sh- sh- like, also it's like I didn't say anything at the time, but then I brought it up afterwards. It's like you have to be a, you have to be confident or you know brave enough to f- tackle these issues when they come up. Not like say nothing and then 
explode about it afterwards. So that's on her. But like, um, I think there's two things happening here. One is yeah, that like yeah. she legitimately should be a part owner of the house, probably. If she paid for part of their couple's income during one period and he's paying during another period, but the other, like, mum gets a key. That's fine. I, I think they're I think they're both assholes. They're both assholes and they shouldn't be married. Or maybe they suit each other. Well, I think the mum should have a key. That's totally fine. Yeah. For emergencies, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, mum's the word. She's not going to just pop in. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he's probably an asshole. For, I would say the, the Reddit conclusion was he's the asshole because of that rent part. Right. Okay. Which I wasn't expecting because I skimmed over it. And I was like, oh, true. So, yeah. Okay. What do you guys think? Uh, I think they both suck at communicating. And I also think that it wouldn't, it would have been a non-issue if he asked her. I think her whole point is that she doesn't feel right. like the house is hers because he just did it without right. asking. Right. Like I think all of it could have been solved for he was like, hey, mum wants a key. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't love it, but they could probably compromise. But he's like taking ownership of the house by doing things without asking her. God, that's, that's what the issue yeah, is. That's a great perspective. Yeah, and like the whole argument with the rent and the expenses, like that would be that would be a non-issue if they just came to yeah. a conclusion that they equally were yeah. a part of this house. I would say don't ever do that. Don't yeah. ever be. Don't ever let yourself get in this girl's situation where she's paying for a lot more so he can buy a home. Yeah. Like even if you are married, I guess just why don't you split it People together, get save themselves together into the most fucked situations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, sure, I'll say it. Whatever. I have a family member who signed over half of the rights to their house so that another family member could get a loan and basically left themselves without any legal entitlement to the property. And it's such a weird situation to be in. And like you, you, you need to be able to avoid that. Cause even if it's family, whatever mm. you need to have like legal backing. Otherwise shit just gets messy. Yeah. The story, Jim Rohn, who's like a kind of personal development guy. He was like, when he was doing really well, his company said, hey, Jim Rome, will you sign to be our guarantor? So if we, if we fall through, you'll pay this, this $10 million or whatever, $20 million or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, he signed that. The company did well. He didn't have to pay it. But then like two years later, the company like goes under and they reached out. Turns out he signed something that said it would happen indefinitely, yeah. not this one-off time. And they came out saying, hey, will you sign another one? And he said, no, I'm not going to sign this time because you guys aren't doing well. Mm. But then they went back to his original one and he had to pay like $20 million. So yeah, ramifications of legal side. Cross your T's, dot your eyes. On that bombshell, shall we end it? That's the end of the episode. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we'll end it. We'll end it. Um, Give us ladies stars. and gentlemen. Once again, thank you to anyone who came to the live show. We're looking forward to bringing that to a city near mm. you. Yes. Um, give us the stars on whatever you're listening to us on. Please, please, come on. What else are you doing today that's exactly. more important than rewarding us for entertaining you? Yep. Right. Absolutely. Shout out. So. Big shout um, out. Good to be back. Good to be back in flow. Got a busy few weeks coming up. I'm very excited. Yeah. We're going to be doing two week episodes now. Not sure yet. We're figuring it out. We don't know. But what we do know is that we love you guys. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. All right. Big kiss. Bye.